Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Free Drop Podcast and another installment of Women Wednesdays. We've had Cara Gawley and Dylan Nido on the show, and now we hear from our third Arkansas Razorback, Kajal Mystery. Kajal has been one of the stars of South African amateur golf for a few years now, so it was a privilege to have her on the podcast. She reflects on how her win at the 2016 Ikurileni Championship gave her the confidence to win and win often. We chat about her fondest memories of team golf and beating Kayla Williams on the 20th hole to complete the SA stroke play and match play double in 2019. Now in her sophomore year at Arkansas, Cardwell chats about her successful transition to collegiate golf, how the popular TV show The Office helped her overcome a slow start at the US Women's Am, supporting Jordan Spieth through both thick and thin, and loads more. Cardwell, as I've said, is one of the brightest prospects in the game, but also one of the nicest people I've had the privilege of interviewing, so I encourage you to give her a follow on Instagram, at Mystery 19 As always, give us a follow if you enjoy the content, at freedrop underscore podcast on Instagram, and at freedrop blog on Facebook. Without further delay, here is Cardial Mystery. Hey guys, welcome back to the Free Drop podcast. To be honest, this is a podcast I've, while I've been really looking forward to it, I've also been uh, pretty nervous about it because um, certainly one of the bigger names in, in South African women's golf and, well, obviously the amateur game, but as we'll get into later on the podcast, she's also made a name for herself on the Sunshine Ladies Tour as well um as an amateur last year but uh welcome cordial mystery thank you so so much for making the time thank you for having me i really appreciate it yeah super stoked i, I got through that introduction okay and didn't butcher your name <laughs> um yeah so how's corona been treating you in in the states it's honestly been good for me uh i didn't come home when everything kind of fell apart so i've been able to play golf every single day mm. Um, I actually played too much golf and ended up with a little bit of a wrist injury. So oh, really? I haven't been playing for, I think it's five weeks now. I haven't hit a golf ball, um, but I can start hitting golf balls tomorrow, actually. So oh, I'm okay. just so excited to get back out and play golf again. But the lockdown was good. I was really fortunate enough to stay with a family, uh, one of my teammates' families, Brooke Matthews. Okay. They took me in and I stayed with them for about three months. And I'm so grateful to her mom, dad, and sister because they made it like a family environment for me. Uh, so I missed home a lot, but I was in a family environment, which helped. Um, and oh. both my coaches were still here. So oh, I was all awesome. taken care of. Yeah, and it sounds like it's a far better uh, a far better way to spend your time than, um, you know, I mean, how many months couldn't you play golf until that before? I think like two and a half or three. Yeah, I was so glad to, when I could hear that everyone was like, they couldn't play golf. I was really glad that I stayed. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you know, it's it's quite weird because like your mates must have been like quite annoyed with you that the, that, that you were able to play as much as you were. Um, and you know, at the same time, they were just... Yeah, I couldn't really do much at all. I mean, there's only so much chipping you can do in the in the garden, and then it becomes pretty pretty repetitive. Yeah, and I've learned that over the past five weeks with this injury. Like, I couldn't imagine doing it for two months. That's hectic, hectic. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously Brooks' performance at the LPGA event a couple of weeks ago was was pretty phenomenal. I mean, what 
what are your thoughts on that? And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm like standard uh, correction, but did she break the, the scoring record for um, an Arkansas player in yeah, the event? She, she did. Um, she actually she lives on that golf course. Um, oh, epic. My family does. So I stayed there for a couple of months. Super nice golf course, but she played incredible. Hmm. Uh, I actually caddied for someone else, um, but okay. she missed a the cut. Then I went to go watch Brooke on her second and third rounds, and she was really, really playing some good golf. Um, she's been working hard. I think it's it's just been two of us for the past couple of months here hmm. at um, at the university. So we've been practicing and playing a lot together, and she's been playing some incredible golf. Yeah, that's that's epic. But who did you who did you caddy for? Uh, I caddied for Heather Bowie. She's the assistant coach at Clemson. Okay. Um, it's one of my coach's friends that just asked for for a caddy, and I was like, I mean, I can't play golf at the moment, so yeah, I'd rather get that experience to see what an LPGA tournament is like. Yeah, hundred percent. And what are your what are your impressions? I mean, obviously, you want to have a playing future, but you know, if you ever called upon to don the bib again, would you would you do it? <laughs> I love caddying. Um, I think I learn more a lot from caddying than I do from mm. playing myself because I'm seeing it from someone else's point of view. And I mean, like getting the numbers and everything as a caddy is super easy. Like you can tell your player, okay, it's this much to fly the bunker, this much to the pin, this much to the middle. But when I'm a player, I'm like, okay, I don't really need that many numbers. Yeah. So it's it's helped me in like realizing it's not that hard to get those numbers. And then just seeing the way other people play, how they mm. think. Um, I learned a lot from watching also. And uh, did you find any time to follow Maria Fassi around the I did. I did. Um, I'm lucky enough to be friends with her. Uh, oh, yeah. She she comes out here a lot and she traveled with us to a couple tournaments last semester. So I've learned a lot from her. She played an amazing golf. Um, I think she's on the rise. Uh, she hits the ball amazing. Um, so I'm super glad that I know her. Yeah, I mean it's it's wild. I think I was listening to, I think she was on the the hog pod after she graduated, and um, you know, they they played a soundbite of of um, Mike One, the commissioner of the LPGA, talking about her, and he was saying he hasn't heard any player spoken about and hyped up as much as um, or anyone since since Tiger. So that's sort of speaks speaks volumes about the um caliber of players she is yeah have i think you, she deserves got... it she's yeah. had an amazing college career um all the records that we have right now she probably holds most of them if not all of them That's um, wild. so it's it's a great thing to strive for but uh yeah at the end of the day we actually here to chat about you and not chat about maria <laughs> fasti but um yeah if ever you want to tell her about the free drop podcast you that would be that would be an amazing interview but be that oh. as it may um yeah so you know as you said you you have actually been playing quite a bit so the u.s women's and performance couldn't have come as that much of a of a surprise even though it was your first one it, I mean, it was kind of a surprise just to get into the field i mean they didn't mm. obviously all the qualifiers were cancelled so everyone was getting in through their world amateur golf rankings and okay. i was put on like the waiting list uh, you could say they called it an alternative list. So I didn't get in exactly when everyone else was getting in. Okay. I only got told maybe three to four weeks before, maybe even less than that. Sure. Um, so I was just really grateful to be there. Um, I mean, it came as a surprise because that was my first tournament since uh, since all the craziness happened. 
So oh, it's yeah. hard to get back into competitive, like super competitive golf when you haven't yeah. done it for a while. But it was the same for everyone. So it was there's no there was no excuse in there. And did you? I mean, did you find that you maybe practiced a bit harder in those three or four weeks leading up, or did you just sort of stick to your processes and and trust that your game was was in good enough shape? I had been battling with the wrist for about a month to a month and a half before the AM. So, I mean, I really wanted to try pushing the practice, but I had to be kind of smart about it. And I couldn't practice for that long out there because it was be too much strain on the wrist. Mm. Um, so I tried to be really productive and efficient leading up to it. Uh, and I think yeah. it worked a bit. Yeah. And it also, I mean, you, you stay mentally fresh as well. You're not sort of burnt out by the time you actually get to mm-hmm. the tournament itself. But, um, yeah, that uh, that opening opening round, um, five putts uh, in in the mix and a couple of three putts, I think. Yeah, I think it was um, two three putts and a five putt. Was was that a bit of a shock to the system? Damn, I it happened, and my assistant coach came and caddied for me. Okay. And I walked off the green, and I said, "Bikey, this will this has happened once. I've never done it in my life before, and I promise mm. you, it will never happen again." It was so weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, I figured out after the tournament from watching myself on TV and my coaches, like I was pulling my putts. Um, so I worked a lot from that, but I really didn't do much wrong in that first round. Mm. I was hitting the ball pretty good. Um, yeah. But I got punished for being on the wrong side of the pins, and this that's where the three putts came from, and just that five putt took it out. Yeah, and but at the same time, it must it must have been quite sort of reassuring that you know the only way was up after that that opening round yeah um we had that hurricane delay the day after so i I was tied 124th for two days straight so i mean you can play that negatively in your mind Mm. but or you can watch the office that's true too (laughs) i had a good talk with my dad that day okay uh, after my round and he just said you know you're never out of it Mm. he said keep telling yourself that you're going to make the cut keep telling yourself in your head and i cannot tell you how many times i said that in my like in my mind that even during my round my second round i'm going to make the cut i'm going to make the cut and i mean it happened but i think that in a way that sort of highlights the difference between like you know top level amateurs and you know like 12 and 15 handicappers where a lot of amateurs are their own sort of worst enemies but you know you guys seem to seem to think about the game in a completely different way and are a lot more positive obviously i mean to be able to shoot uh, 69 in the second round is not many players can go 81 69 but um but yeah obviously you you shot 69 but then you know you weren't out of the woods yet and you weren't in into the match play just mm-hmm. yet uh, do you want to tell us what what panned out from there yeah so i actually teed off i think i had the second tee off time in the morning it was like I don't I, if I can remember the playoff started at 6 p.m. and I had finished just before 12. So we went back to the hotel and one of my current teammates now, Corey, she was also on that bubble, the six overcut. And yeah. I said to her, "Come, come to my room. Let's watch a movie." Because um, I mean, we're going to end up playing in this playoff. So we sat for hours and watched, I think, two movies and went back out to start warming up. And we really still had no clue what was going on because there were people still coming off off the course. I think two of the people in the last three ball made a bogey 
to get into the playoffs, so that gave more spots to us. Mm. Um, but I think we teed off around six thirty, kind of seven, and it was a obviously I think there were nine. I, I might be mistaken. There might be nine or twelve of us, um, I think it, I think and everyone 12, 12 sort of. I think it was twelve. Yeah, resonating. Yeah. So everyone plays one hole, and you've got to wait for everyone to finish one hole to see obviously who's going to move on. And I was lucky enough to be in the first one. I was really glad that I was all first. Um, and I managed to make a birdie. Um, and I kind of knew I was safe watching as people came through where no one was really, no one made a birdie. Yeah. Um, but that's how I played out. And uh, your reward for that fantastic uh, play was the defending champion, Gabby Ruffles, in the, in the <laughs> first round of the match play. What's. How familiar were you with with her game from college golf? And yeah, I mean, did you know what to expect? Uh, we played with Southern with South California, I think, twice. But I'd never played with her. I okay. obviously knew she was the defending champion, and I watched yeah. the USM like all the highlights. So I mean, I knew she was a great player. She mm. hits the ball super consistent. That's one thing about Gabby's. Her game is unbelievably consistent because the mistakes she makes are not big at all. Um, she played some really good golf and almost won it at the end there too. Yeah, but it's 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 weird, hey. Like, you know, the nature of South African amateur golf is that, you know, if you if you like a hardcore golf fan, you know who all of the good players are. Like, you know, yourself, Katie Telfer, well, she's not turned pro, but someone like Kara Gorda, etc. Um, and it's it becomes really easy to just go down this rabbit hole of like refreshing the live scoring, like every every five minutes and, and sort of seeing how things panned out. If if I'm not mistaken, you were you had an early lead in, in that game. I did. Were, I think I was one up through five till eight and then we turned all square. Mm. And then I think we were still all square through twelve and then she won thirteen and fourteen. Yeah. And I mean, did you what did your mindset change at all um as the as the um game progressed did you feel the need to like sort of force the issue at any point or did you just sort of stay patient no i never felt to force anything uh, i stayed patient i mean the reason i lost is because i played pretty bad golf towards the end um i missed a couple of short putts that really cost me so i was never panicked at a point or hmm. felt like i needed to do anything more than i was planning to do yeah um the only time that i might have done that was on the 11th hole where you can, there's a huge bunker, fairway bunker on the right. And normally like in stroke play, I laid up with hybrid, but I decided, I mean, I'm just going to hit driver. And even if I'm in the left rough a little, it's okay. I'm going to have a short wedge in, um, but that's the only time that I did anything. Yeah. It's like, if, I mean, have you heard of a podcast? They're a lot bigger than, than free drop um, guaranteed, but, but no laying up. They, they would have approved of that, of that approach for sure. <laughs> but um Yo, what what do you have to do to to get back next year? I mean, are there certain boxes you've got to tick in college golf to to get back? Uh, to the USM, I think if you made the top thirty two in match play, you automatically exempt. I might be mistaken okay. if it's top sixteen or top thirty two. Yeah, but if qualifiers come back up and all this COVID stuff might goes away, then mm. I probably I'm gonna have to go play a qualifier unless my world amateur golf ranking is low enough yeah. to get me in. Well, I feel like certain parts, I'm not, 
Megan's trouble for this, but certain parts of the States, I mean, they think that COVID's a fallacy. So <laughs> I, I don't think you'll have an issue with qualifying for, for next year. I think you'll have plenty of sites that you can <laughs> go to take your pick. Um, but yeah, just sort of rewinding uh, many, many years back to when you first took up the game. you want to just provide a bit of insight into how you got into the game, where you grew up and, and things like that? I'm from Bryanston in Joburg. And I started the game when I was three. Obviously, can't remember like all yeah, that way sure. back. But my my parents put me and my brother in for golf lessons, and okay. we just never stopped. Um, it was always a sport that we played. I think we were like, we went for lessons once a week, like on a Saturday in a junior clinic. And then mm. as time progressed, my brother and I would go for lessons by ourselves. Okay. Um, and then I would end up going by myself because he left to go study. Um, oh, okay. But it's just something that I never gave up, never wanted to give up, um, just kept at it, and look where it's turned out. And and do you find that, you know, having those uh, private lessons were a lot more conducive to steady improvement because, you know, obviously those group sessions, it's like, you know, there are people there that don't necessarily want to be there, they're there because their parents want them to be there. Oh, yeah. Um, I, think, I think I started going for individual lessons when I was maybe 12, 13. Okay. Maybe even younger than that. But, I mean, those junior clinics were just fun. Obviously, yeah. you get taught how to play the game, but there's a lot of games involved and mm. um, more about learning the, the roots of the game. But yeah. individually, it was obviously a lot more serious and about my improvement. And when would you say you started to realize that, that you were sort of among the better players in your age group? My age? I'm going to say 16. Okay. Um, that was the year that, I mean, I think I started playing golf RSA events when I was maybe 14 or 15. So yeah. I didn't really start that young. Um, so when I became number one at the end of 2016, that's when I'd say, I think I won four events towards like September and like between September and November. And like, I realized, okay, I can win out here a lot. So yeah. competing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, you know, one, one victory brought two. Uh, brought three, brought, brought four. Um, how much did you learn from that win at Kuraleni in, um, in 2016? Was that, you know, the watershed moment when you realized that you, that you could win and, and, and you could really be competitive? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think if I can remember, I finished birdie, eagle, bogey, and I think one by two or three. So it was, um, I mean, you learn so much from winning. Mm. It's invaluable. You get a lot of confidence from it, a lot of validation. Yeah. Um, but that was, I mean, the moment where you can finally say that you've won out here, um, like it gives you the confidence to know that you can do it again. 100%. Why do you think it is? I mean, I've noticed a, a trend. I mean, I've interviewed Kaylee, Ivana Samu, Kara, etc., and a lot of players seem to win in clusters, like they'll win two or three or even four in a row um, or like four out of five. I mean, it's it's one thing to put it down to good form, but what do you think, what do you think it is? Do you think it's because there's a generally a short turnaround time between, between tournaments and it's like easy to just like keep riding the wave or what do you put, do you put that down to? I think usually it's got to do with the tournaments being kind of back to back. Mm. I think, the most of the ones that I won back to back, they were right next to each other. Yeah. Um, I think it's got to do for me with like taking enough rest in between. 
Yeah. Like not just keep on going. I I would do a lot of technical work straight after the tournament just to keep sure. that good form in and then progress towards like a game mode, like towards like the end of the week or progressing up to a tournament. Mm. Uh, so obviously momentum's a big thing. Carrying that's a big advantage because you've just come off a win. You've got that those good feelings. Um, so I think using that helps a lot with winning back-to-back. And also playing, I mean, playing high-level amateur golf, you you know, you miss a lot of a lot of school. Um, wow. And we were obviously chatting prior to to recording, but it doesn't sound like you chose the easiest combination of subjects either in history, accounting, and, and physics. Um, mm-hmm. What you know, what is what does that look like? Are you like do like balance sheet exercises like? after a ride, like maybe after a range session, what is, what is, how did you balance I mean, the, the two? I wish I could say, I mean, obviously everyone packs, like packs a textbook and notes and like calculators on the plane and everything, but they never made it out the backpack any day. Like it just never happens. Yeah. So like when you get home, you just got to buckle down and do it. Mm. That's what uh, my dad would tell me. I mean, you don't really have any other time to do it. We miss a lot of golf. I mean, a lot of school playing golf. I think I missed 60 days in my matric year of school days. So it was, I mean, you just have no choice but to get down and do it. And I went to Crawford Lone Hill and they were so helpful in like accommodating me and like really helping me through it. I remember I was in Ireland when they were writing prelims. So I went during school holidays and wrote prelims in my grade two's office every single day. Um, so they were like super helpful, um, and that, that helped me a lot. And did you find that that sort of, you know, being in that environment sort of added to the, to the pressure to perform as opposed to being in a normal sort of exam type setting? No, I don't think so. Uh, I was super chilled about it. Um, oh, like my, my great tutor would bring me snacks and stuff and I could play <laughs> whatever, whatever I wanted. So it wasn't like normal prelims where you sit in the school the school mm. hall and you're stacked up but yeah that was pretty relaxing for me but um yeah i mean when did you at what point in the year did you did you decide okay cool i really need to now i suppose it was probably for finals where you know where you needed to knuckle down and you know put the put the clubs away for a bit or competitively yeah, think, at least yeah it was definitely leading up to finals where competitive golf took a seat but i would always still try practice as much as I could even if yeah. it was for an hour 45 minutes I'd mm. still try to, like get out there and just keep it fresh and keep swinging get that putting stroke like just to keep the feel in your game because when you lose that it takes a bit to gain it back yeah 100% and at what points in the in the year did um did you start receiving or you may have even even received them in grade 11 but when did you start having colleges express interest and why did you ultimately choose Arkansas? I probably started receiving them towards the end of my grade 11 year and I chose Arkansas 100% because of the coaches. Mm. Uh, I remember I had my first FaceTime call with them, like a recruiting call. It was about an hour long and as soon as that phone call ended, I turned to my dad and I said, Dad, this is where I'm going. Yeah, I just felt so comfortable with them and trusted everything that they were saying to me and my family. Uh, both Shona and Mike are two of the best coaches in college, um, and they've had a lot of success. And I really wanted to play at a school where, like, we were competing at a really high level. 
I think they were ranked second in the country at that point, and they had just okay. won seven tournaments in one season. So sure. it was like something you can't ignore. Um, like I came, I didn't have an official visit. Mm. So when I came here, I was so shocked at how beautiful it was. Like we have an amazing practice facility, an amazing golf course. Yeah. Um, and obviously Cara was also on the team then. Mm. So I could talk to her about any questions I had and also help my parents a lot because they spoke to her parents. So it's a more yeah. comforting feeling knowing that someone from home was over there. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I have to ask, of those seven victories that, that you said um, Arkansas had in that particular season, how many of them did uh, Maria account for? Do you know of hand? Individual wins? I think it was five or six. Cheapers. That's yeah. not bad. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, obviously you and Cara are sort of not from different generations, but you guys would have competed in slightly different uh, years. Mm -hmm. Um you know, how did how did that sort of friendship come about? It was sort of when she was finishing up matric and and starting college that you guys became no, friends. I had, I had never known her. I think, I mean, obviously she was one of the best in the country, so I obviously knew yeah. her from that. But I wasn't really yeah. friends with her. I played, I think, twice with her. Okay. Ever, I played with her like in when she won match play at Stellenbosch. I think it was. I played the stroke play round with her. That was okay. like my second round of golf with her. And I mean, once I started going through this recruiting process and she obviously knew that they were recruiting me, she reached out and helped me. And that's how we've grown a friendship. She, yeah. I think oh, it was about a month ago. She came and stayed with me. She was up here for about two, three days and stayed oh, with cool. me. We play golf together too. Oh, liquor. Um, so obviously when she was coming through, um, junior golf and and whatever she i mean i actually received coaching from from the same guy in cape town and you know he was telling me that you know she she built her game on hitting a on hitting a big um a big running draw and um i've heard that you that you love hitting draws uh from, uh, <laughs> yes from um, martin forster no he's wrong no I, i'm i'm being he's super so sarcastic no, he, he said that you absolutely hate it. Yeah, I do. Um, I love a fade. Okay. Um, I've always been taught to hit a fade because for me, it's easier to control. My miss with yeah. a fade is a lot less than my miss with a draw. Mm. Um, so I love seeing the ball move left to right in the air. Yeah. And uh, have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you have, but, you know, faced a tee shot where your only option is to hit a draw. Mm. I'm um, comfortable with hitting it. Um, oh, okay. like I don't mind it at all. If okay. I really, I mean, if I need to, I'm going to do it. But yeah. if there's a straight fairway coming up there, hit a fade. Yeah, fade, 100%. Cool. Um, but I think I read on, I don't know, I was doing a bit of research beforehand, and you said that Japan in 2017 was was one of your highlights um, of your of your golf career. What, what about that um, was such a special experience? I think that's like probably the most fun I've ever had in a week and a half. Uh, the team was me, Kaylee, and Simon, who were two of my best friends at home because we all lived in Khateng. Okay. Um, and I mean, all our families are friends, and I just had a blast with them. It was just being in Japan itself. I had so much curiosity about it. Mm. So it was great to see it in person and see how they live life. Um, but I just had so much fun with my team. 
Um, I played Go Golf too, which helped a bit. Um, yeah, generally just, does. There were like escalators on the golf course and like stuff <laughs> like that. It was just mind blowing to see. So That's I had cool. so much fun just being there. Yeah. And I mean, you must sort of you know pinch yourself when when you think about all the cool um, experiences you have had, sort of as being part of um, Golf RSA over the years, the the elite squad. Um, you know, when I suppose I think a lot of a lot of people first sort of became familiar with with your name when you when you won the stroke play at just sixteen, which is bizarre i mean most of us have you know we've just made our subject choices for grade 10 and, and you winning um one of the biggest events in in the country was that you know having that success at, at 16 um was that a was that a shock or or did you just sort of take it in your stride and you're like cool well yeah i'm that good i wouldn't say not like like i'm that good but almost like i can do this yeah, um, at that sure. age i mean all of us were probably the same age around there i think the people that were really doing great in South Africa at my time were Kaylee and Ivana. Mm. And I think they're like two years older than me. Um, yeah. So I wasn't really thinking about it being 16, like I'm winning. Um, mm. But I think that's the point where I realized like I'm competing out here and I can win at a, at a really high level. Yeah. And, you know, obviously we, we chatted about how, um, at least for finals, your, your golf took a bit of a competitive backseat, but then, you came storming back at uh, the SA Amateur, um, winning the stroke play qualifier by five, and you know making pretty pretty light work of, of the early rounds of the match play. Um, but uh, the final against Kayla Williams um, was a sort of a different story. Do you want to take us there for a bit? Yeah, I mean, I just remember us playing some really good golf, just consistent golf. I think one. Both of us made one bogey in that round. So it was, if you're going to make, if you want to win a hole, you're going to make birdie. Yeah. I was two down with three to play and the 16th, they had a really tricky pin position, like that back left one where there's the hazard on the left and that big bunk on the right. So I knew we had a tricky par three coming up. We had a par five next, which I knew I could reach in two. And I mean, it's easy to say I'm two down off the three, like this is getting close. I'm going to lose mm. or like I'm running out of time, but it's kind of weird to say, but I never felt like I didn't have control. Um, sure. I felt like super comfortable. I felt really calm. I was like, I really, I wasn't nervous at all. I think my previous experiences have helped me with that. But I remember just staying in the moment. Um, I mean, it was the timing of her bogey that made the difference. She made bogey on 16. Mm. And being one down with two to play is better than two down with three to play. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think I hooked my tee shot on the 17th and couldn't go for it in two, but I made a, I think it was like a five meter putt. Um, so the putt dropped when, when they needed to, luckily. Mm. Is that your, I mean, when you do miss it, do you tend to miss it left? Now, at the moment, now my miss is a bit of a, a bit of a push. Um, oh, okay. Okay. But maybe back then it was left. I just, I remember that, that week I was hitting the ball pretty good. So I was, mm kind of a weird one to miss it left yeah and the i mean the the playoff also or yeah i mean that must have been i suppose it sort of you sort of pressed the reset button but at the same time it must have 
also come with with quite a few nerves yeah there was no reset we went straight from 18 to 1t um, oh, without any no break so, just straight there wow. um i mean i've i felt a little bit of pressure but in a good way that i could help me it spurred me on kind of yeah Kayla made a really big birdie putt on the first playoff hole and i had a downhill slider it was like maybe four or five feet but i mean you still got to make those to to stay alive mm. and luckily on the 20th hole i had that same putt in the morning just for par um so i knew exactly how it broke it was even i think it was a little the birdie putt was a little shorter than the par putt so i was really confident in that one too yeah so has has the sort of i mean you know everyone sort of has their strengths that they that they build off when they first start the game but what what were those for you when you first started out and how have those sorts of sort of sort of changed as you developed i think putting and my long irons have always been like some of my strengths hmm. my assistant coach here jokes around with me and says i can hit my four iron closer than my wedges um but i definitely think it's been putting for me i've just i mean i haven't struggled with putting ever um, and i've been able to maintain it um so that obviously helps um, the good schools yeah and you're oh, sorry let me just uh regain my thoughts for a second i mean we, when you when you made the the transition from uh top level amateur golf um in south africa to you know going and playing college golf what were your what were your impressions in terms of the step up or how would you sort of compare and contrast the, the levels between the two i think top south african golf prepares you for college golf but mm. golf here is just on another level yeah. you've really got to play good golf if you want to win there's so many good players out here that i mean the the difference that one shot can make for you and your team here is just unbelievable um the leaderboards are always stacked and you can always um expect that people are going to play better than you and I mean, what generally, what sort of score relative to pies is getting you like a top 10 or a top five or even a win? I mean, I guess it changes with the events. Like we had some yeah, really yeah. difficult conditions and stuff, but I think when I shot, when I was six under four, for three rounds, I ended up being like tied fourth. It was my best okay. finish. Yeah. Um, another one, I think I was one under and tied 20th. So yeah, it varies. So, I remember yeah. one that we played in Jan in February, I think. Um, it was in South Carolina. It was super cold, super windy. I think mm. the winning score was one over a level. Sure, that's quite hectic. Um and you know, one of the things Cara spoke about it was that you know, there's such a there's such a cool vibe within the team and you know, all of you guys are like friends and stuff. Is that something that that you found has actually really helped your your game and, and helped your transition to life in the states. I definitely i i always i love being a part of a team. I played soccer growing up and cricket and tennis. You could say doubles, kind of with a partner. But I mean, when you play golf, you're out there alone. So having a team around you that have the same goals and are here for a purpose, it's mm. I, I love it. It spurs me on. I love having people around me when I practice because you can be competitive in practice sessions here. They get heated. Um, yeah. Uh, like you pack the pressure on in practice, which is really good because I don't think I can do that by myself to that extent. No. 
No, not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually completely glossed over your 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 tennis. Do you want to just go there for a bit and, and tell us how how good you you were at a stage? And you know, do you still sort of dabble a bit, like occasionally? I I wasn't that good, like any national level or anything. But I remember, like, I won my school's championship. Okay. When That's... I was in grade seven, I think it was grade seven. Yeah. Um, okay. And I hadn't played for a while, but during this lockdown, Brooke's sister is actually a really good tennis player, so we would get out there quite a bit and play a lot of tennis. And I love tennis. Uh, I love watching tennis too. So something that my family does a lot, like we'll sit and watch Wimbledon and stuff like that religiously in our house. Djokovic, Nadal, or, or Federer? Federer. Okay, good. Hands I down. Would, I mean, I would have been bleak if you had said, like, Andy Murray or something. That would have been <laughs> such a disappointment. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, what, from a from a golf course standpoint, I mean, what would you say um, have, has been the, the biggest adjustment um, in terms of, like, I don't know, grass or, like, the length of, the, the length of, like, I mean, I've got a mate mm-hmm. who was at Columbus State in, in Georgia, and he was saying that the length of par threes just staggered him when he when he first went. Um, is there anything that sort of jumps out at, at you as, as being the biggest adjustment? I think it's got to be the greens. Um, they're just so slopey. Like, okay. you, you don't really find that in South Africa that much, but mm. every golf course that we play has like a huge amount of slope. And then we have a lot of elevated greens over here where, I mean, you just cannot see the pin from anywhere. Uh, lots of elevation changes, uh, but definitely the length to college tournaments play long. Par threes get pretty long too. Um, obviously there's some short ones, but mm. they play a lot longer than they did at home. And I mean, for for someone who, who doesn't really have much perspective, in terms of the tees that you guys would play off, would, would it be like the, the equivalent of like the men's club tees, like at a, at a normal Yeah, I think or... they, would, they would play about there, maybe just a little longer in some some tournaments and stuff, but definitely not senior tees or ladies mm. tees. You'll obviously what... have them in the mix, but most of them will be men's tees. What's been super refreshing about this, this chat so far is that, you know, between – Kaylee, Ivana, and 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 Cara, they've gone on about how far they hit the golf ball off the tee. Is that is that something that that you also pride yourself on, or does it not really phase you too much? It is now. Um, since I've gotten here, we do some pretty intense workouts, and I've gained a lot of muscle and mm. gained a lot of distance too. Uh, I don't, I was never a short hitter at home, okay. but like now, I would I would think that I'd hit it a lot further than the people at home. Than I used to before. Yeah, um, it really helps a lot. Um, obviously, course management changes a bit sometimes, but it's a big advantage to hit the golf ball long here, especially when the yeah, courses are playing well. Yeah, hundred percent. And how are you feeling about um, tournament golf sort of starting up again? I think in October, I want to say. Yeah, our first tournament is actually at our home course, mm. so we're super excited. It's going to be on the Golf Channel too, so it's going to be super exciting. I think the most important part for us is to stay healthy um, because yes. if COVID, um, I mean, if one of our teammates gets it, it takes two of them out because the roommates have to quarantine too. Oh, so okay. for us at the moment, it's all about staying healthy and mm. making sure we're making the right decisions. But I can't wait to get back out there and try to help my team uh, win a trophy. 
And how do you feel about having the the cameras around? I mean, I know chatting to Kaylee, I mean, she actually thrives off it. She she really actually plays better when when their camera's about. Are you the same? Yeah, the, the USM was the first time that people have actually followed me every single hole with the camera. Because um, mm. obviously I was playing Gabby, so yeah. we were on the TV quite a bit. Um, like there's commentators running up to your golf ball before you and standing right behind you. It's It was a good experience. Um, I loved it too. I think it, it helped me. I don't think it like did anything negative to my golf game. Um, mm. And it was so funny to watch myself on TV. I mean, yeah, you obviously you, you learn a lot. Like I learned that I'm aiming a bit left now with my feet than I think I am, but I can definitely, mm. I can see it on TV. So stuff like that helps, but it was just so funny to watch myself. Yeah, it's like actually, I mean, you know, seeing yourself in like a completely different or from a completely different perspective is, is quite, quite trippy. I mean, my brother was on some singing competition a few years ago and, and it was, it was televised and, um, you know, I went and watched a couple of his performances and watching the, on, on PBR and stuff and sort of seeing it, it's very, very odd. It's very, very <laughs> disconcerting, not, not something people want to actually go through. Um, but I heard you are, you also quite into into your music. What do you what do you generally listen to? Um, pretty much a mix. But I mean, I love listening to Post Malone, um, oh, okay, like okay. his new album. That's what I kind of listen to pre round. I'll just mm. put that on shuffle. And obviously, being in the South of America, I've listened to a lot of country music now um, and starting to like it. I didn't really like it before, but yeah, um, it's growing. It's growing on me for sure. No, it's amazing how. Um, you know, like also I've got that, that same mate that I mentioned earlier. He went to to Georgia and came back. And he was like super into like rap and stuff. And before that, it was like Matthew Mole was as mm-hmm. like sort of eccentric as, as he'd be with his um, music taste. So it's like super weird. Well, um, I have the same Apple Music as like my, my siblings. And okay. they're like, well, what are you downloading? I'm like, just <laughs> listen to it. And have they, have they also bought into it now? No. Definitely. Uh, I think it's a, you got to be here to to really experience it. Yeah. Have you been to any, uh, any concerts or pre pre COVID? No, not yet. I wish though. Uh, We were like, there were a couple of concerts that they were going to have when postseason starts. Like I think the university brings a couple of people in, mm. but we didn't, we didn't get there. Okay. And obviously now they'll have to be like super, like socially distant. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, it's a bit bit bizarre, but sort of shifting back to to a few of the Sunshine Ladies tour events you played before you went to college. What what was that ex- experience like, and you know how much uh, information did you sort of glean from those from those events? Sort of telling you, okay, cool, I need to work on on this to to get onto the same level as like I don't know Leanne Pace or. Mm-hmm. A, a player like that what you know what was that whole experience like i think it was two months of just straight golf like mm. week in week out you were never at home it was back to back tournaments and i i mean i traveled with my dad the whole time so okay i mean it was great for me and my dad because i was going to leave pretty shortly after that so i spent a lot of time with him and had a lot of fun um you know i learned that i can compete out there mm. i also learned how nice they were and like how easily approachable they are just mm. to ask questions or um, learn from them. I think that, I mean, we have similar games. 
Um, but definitely watching pros here in America and also at home, it's all about the amount of mistakes they make. Um, they really don't make that many mistakes. They're super consistent. So yeah. that's something that I learned is consistency really helps, you know, getting to the top of the leaderboard. And if my research is correct, you had a couple top tens as well, which must have been, even though the, the field's sizes are slightly smaller, like it still must have been pretty, pretty gratifying. Yeah, definitely. I think I finished second twice and oh, came awesome. fourth on the order of merit. I think I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play the last event, but I think I came fourth I, on the order of merit. I don't quite know how this, maybe you can explain uh, to, to me is clearly uneducated, but they've got two sort of um, order of merits that on their website, like the Investec one and then a different one. How does, I mean, do you know how, do you know what the difference is between the two? I think I, well, definitely last year when I played, there was only one. Oh, okay. Uh, I think like, um, yeah. they maybe have changed it, but they just have one yep. order of merit. Just you oh, get okay. points for you where you finished in the field. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, are you, I mean, this is a not a cliched question, but are you like, like a golf nerd? Like, are you watching like LPGA tour or PGA tour, like on a, maybe not a Saturday night, but on a Sunday night before like lectures on a Monday or something? Yeah, just, I mean, just before this podcast, I was watching the ANA. I love watching oh, okay. golf. I learn a lot from watching golf. Um, well, and sorry for tearing you away from that. Apologies. No, you're good. You're good. It just started, but it was okay. Um, but I'm definitely going to go out and watch it after this. Oh, okay. How's, but I, um, I love learning from watching. Yeah. Who, I mean, who do you find of, of, of the players that you watch? Who do you find you sort of? Jordan okay. Spieth. <laughs> I, I love Jordan Spieth. I was going to say, who of the LPGA players do you, do you most identify with? We can get to Spieth in a bit and how his... LPGA, um, um, I really, I mean, we didn't really get that much LPGA coverage at home. So I never yeah, really yeah. followed it that much. But now that, that we're here and like, we get the Golf Channel here, mm. um, I mean, obviously, I, all the players, all the Razorbacks, Stacey Lewis, Gabby Lopez and yeah. Maria Farsi, I follow them a lot. Um, and I really like Nelly Corder. I think she's leading at the yeah, moment. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, big, so, big I mean, fan. I hope she wins this one, but I'm a big fan of her too. Yeah, it'd be very, very cool. It's sort of, I mean, for me, it's quite sort of mind-boggling. I mean, obviously chatting to you, but, you know, like I think she's like two years younger than me. It's like quite sort of, <laughs> it's very, very weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even that, like, I mean, it's phenomenal, the pedigree that she's got. I mean, obviously... Jessica's obviously quality as well, but I mean, her brother is also like a quality tennis player, but enough yeah. of that. Jordan Spieth, why Jordan <laughs> Spieth? It just, I, I lost, I watched a lot of golf in 2016 and 2015 when he was yeah. winning everything, but I love the way he puts. Um, mm. You can see just when he's putting well, he's going to win. I mean, obviously yeah. if you're hitting the ball super bad, then you're not going to win, but yeah. Those couple of years when he was making major putts, um, I j it just drew me to him. I think he won the Masters in 2015 yeah. or 16. Yeah. That was like, no, 2016 was that disaster on 12. Don't remind me, but <laughs> um, like I, the Masters is something that me, my dad, and my brother absolutely love. Mm. Um, we'll sit in front of the TV for four days and watch it. So yeah. I remember watching 
that whole golf tournament and just being in awe of him and his putting and yeah. how he managed it. Have you ever tried to look at the hole like inside five feet? No. It's I don't know how he, <laughs> no. how he does it. Does he still do it? I haven't really. I mean, I you don't, don't really see much I, of him on TV. No, I, hope I know it's so sad. Yeah, it's. it's I, I really hope he comes back. What do you think? What do you think he's got to turn around? I think, um, from what I've read, his his driving has just been super, super off recently. Um, well, I think I haven't really. I don't. I mean, they don't really show him that much. But just looking <laughs> at his scores, he's got like a lot mm. of triples and doubles mm. that really take him out. Like I like this week to make the cut, he needed to birdie the last, and he made a double. Oh, great. So, like stuff like that. Stuff <laughs> like that takes him out. So I think minimizing those mistakes and mm. maybe making a couple more birdies. Yeah. And what do you think about the Masters in November? I think it's going to be weird. Uh, I'm mm. so glad that we're having it, but it's yeah. going to look different with no people and also different season. Hundred percent. It's yeah. It's gonna. I. I don't think someone like Tiger. I don't think because it's gonna be a lot colder. I don't think he's gonna be as much of a factor um, as he was last year. But it's fine. Like he could have literally <laughs> retired then, and I think we all would have been stoked. Like cool, cool way to end. But um, yo, what I mean, have you sort of set your sights on on maybe playing in the in the event the uh, the the women's event there in the, in the coming years? Yeah, for sure. It's a it was a really big goal of mine. Uh, I wouldn't have made it this year, even if it happened. Um, but it's a main goal of mine. It, I, I love that golf course. Just mm. watching it, I, th- I think I know every hole off by heart. Um, yeah, I know all the lines of the putts already just from watching. So it's a huge goal of mine. It's a great event. Um, and Kaylee did really good in it, and to watch her doing well in it really wanted me to do well in it too. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Did you you strike me as the type of person that probably would have Tiger Woods PJ Tour on when they were growing up? Did you did you play much <laughs> of that? I didn't. I did not. Oh really? So you I, haven't I really played Augusta to. on the twenty twelve version? I we didn't have um any other like PSP oh, okay. or Xbox growing up. And when we did get it, like that phase of it kinda grew out. Yeah. We were more of like a Mario Kart and mm. that type of stuff. But uh, yeah, clearly that's the that's the key to to golfing success because you know I've I've got mates who are like um, aspiring tour pros who who've played um, more Xbox than they have golf in the last three months. Um, but anyway, moving moving along, um, why a business degree? What was the thinking behind that? It's a good question. I wish I could answer it. Um, just I. I just I couldn't think of doing anything else. I didn't I didn't really have a passion for anything else in that that way. Mm. Uh, I grew up around business because my dad owns a, com- uh, a company, so okay. I think I have that kind of business mind, if you would say. Mm. Um, but honestly, it was it was just a. I mean, I'm I'm a marketing major now. Okay. It might change if I really enjoy a course that I take and think I want to do that. But uh, it was something. It was kind of like. I have nothing. I don't want to do anything else. Um, so I'm going to do this business degree. And they have a super good business school here. Oh, that's um, epic. Yeah. That's epic. So it's it's cool that you sort of gave it quite a bit of thought rather than, you know, some people are like, 
okay, well, let me just take something super easy so I've got more time for golf. But then, you know, if the golf doesn't quite work out, you've got like a very sort of definitely like entry level degree. It doesn't really get you mm-hmm. far. Um, yeah, well, education is number one here. The, my coach says you're a you're a student athlete. So, I mean, the first word of that is student. So sure. that's the most important part, especially my family. Um, I have the best parents in the world. So they've always pushed education on us and um, obviously have told me that you get, you're getting your degree before anything mm. else over there. No, 100%. And what does your day-to-day look like in terms of studying and, and, and playing golf? I mean, what's the ratio in terms of hours? Well, the lucky thing that we have now is, I mean, we're all in online school. So oh, yes. yeah. we don't have to walk to class every day and stuff. But Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we have practice from 8 to 12. And I have class from, I think, 2 to 4.30. And then oh, okay. Tuesday, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have workouts at 6 a.m. And I have class from 8 till 12.30. And then practice from two thirty onwards. That's actually quite a cool sort of balance. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very chilled. Um, and what were the pre-COVID chores like um, <laughs> in in Arkansas? What 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 goes on? Is it is it quite cool? Quite different um, from South Africa. We just hang around with our teammates a lot. I mean, okay. obviously, the age to do anything here is twenty-one. So yeah. Um, we had it like if we're going to do something we'll just be with our teammates and have maybe a couple other student athletes and Mm -hmm. from other sports and also other friends from outside of outside of golf but it was just super chill being in like an apartment and just hanging out yeah and you find like it's it's like quite a it's um it's quite a diverse group of people that you that you meet and it's like you know it, it probably opens your eyes up but more obviously South Africa is super diverse, but you know, being in that environment is, is, is quite cool because you learn about so many different nationalities and cultures and things like that. Yeah, definitely. We have a team. Uh, it's obviously me from South Africa. We have three Americans on the team. We have two Mexicans, Okay. one from Colombia, uh, one from Argentina and one from Spain. So we're really spread out in that way. Um, mm. So it's nice to learn about how they've grown up and yeah. how the world is for them. Yeah, 100%. And have you finished the office now? Obviously, you're, you're watching it to take your mind off. Finished. Okay. <laughs> what did you – I mean, I think I got to like season seven and then I sort of got a bit distracted, I think, by like past year or something boring. But was it – how did it pan out sort of post uh, – Michael Scott leaving did it sort of deteriorate or oh yeah it, de- it, def- it definitely was different I mean it was still super funny but it's mm. never the same without Michael yeah I think I watched it in like under a week I just watched it straight that's that's bizarre it doesn't sound like there was much golf <laughs> going on during that week oh no it was definite lockdown and didn't oh, okay. have anything else to do when you got back from the golf course um sure and any other series you're watching at the moment I just finished Quantico. Okay. Um, it was super cool. And then obviously I just finished The Office. I watch a lot of TV, but um, I watched Jane the Virgin and what was it? The Office and Out of Banks was a really good one. Um, oh, okay. I love that one. 
I think I watch New Girl. I have just that's the way kind of my escape sometimes to keep golf separate yeah. from stuff. I love watching TV, um, listening to music, and also watching movies. Kind of takes my mind away from the golf. Yeah, because I mean, it's so it's I'd imagine it's so easy to get run down like mentally and and physically, and you've got to you know you've got to have that balance, otherwise you'll just lose your mind. Yeah, I think it's a great way to escape from golf and to keep like other things in my life separate so I can enjoy them. Like mm. I have great friends and family to keep me company and obviously occupied, but those things also help. Yeah. And obviously like if things improve COVID wise, I mean, do you have any plans to, to come back um, to South Africa and eat like, I don't know, over December or whenever and, and maybe play a bit of competitive golf or even just take a break and just chill for a bit. Uh, I don't know what the exact plans are yet, but I think after Thanksgiving, which is towards the end of November, they might say that students like shouldn't come back to campus um, and take finals online. So if that happens, I'm definitely going to go home, oh, okay. obviously, if they open the borders. Um, yeah, apparently Tuesday uh, is meant to be quite a big day in South Africa's history. Um, we waiting find to out see. what the next step is. Yeah. But um, definitely, I would love to come home. I think the last time I was home was December. And I was only home for 10 days because I left oh, early to come play the Mexican amateur. So okay. I've only seen my family for really like 10 days in the past year and a bit. Sure. I mean, obviously you, you did have quite a bit of travel like in the, in the years prior, but that must, that must be quite, quite rough for you. I mean, 10 days is nothing. Yeah, it is nothing. But like FaceTime definitely helps. Like I speak yeah. to them very often, especially when all this happened, I'd speak to them every day. Um, but it's it's super weird not seeing them in such a long time. Hmm. Just quickly before you go, I have to ask about the Mexican Mexican amateur. What does what is that like, and um, how did you how did you do? Uh, it was super fun. Uh, our our team here actually, like, if you want to go, you we go as a team. Um, okay. I think there were like six, seven, seven of us in the field there. So it was a super fun week. We got to like go around Mexico, but because we have a lot of. Uh, teammates that are from there mm. so they show us around and take us to places to eat and uh, show us the mexican culture i think i came i want to say tied sixth or something played pretty bad the first two rounds but shot under par i think in the last two which brought it back it was a super tough golf course uh, we actually played a college event there okay. the greens are super slopey and um it's a super narrow and tight golf course but it was a super fun experience Look, it must be nice when you can have two poor rounds to begin with and still finish tied sixth. Um, I think I do that a lot. Yeah, what do, I mean, what do you think the key is in your mind to to overcoming that sort of like mental setback or whatever of of a slow start? I mean, I guess it's not not over until the fat lady sings kind of thing. It's just it's not like it can get worse, but. I know that there's that I I'm capable of bringing it back almost. Like yeah. I have a lot more to offer, and I know my base golf isn't out there in that round that I might have struggled with. So, obviously, really analyzing the round and seeing what I did wrong or mm. what I can improve, so that the next day I don't make those same mistakes. Yeah. So heading into the into the next season, what are your what are your goals from a? I mean, are you a big goal setter? And if so, like, what do you what do you have in mind? Yeah, I'm definitely a goal setter. I I haven't thought about next year, like 2021 yet, but yeah. 
definitely our fall season. I want my main goal is to stay healthy so I can compete. Yeah. I mean, it's such a crazy thing. You don't know like where you can pick it up from or mm. so I'm just being diligent and being healthy. And then I want to help my team win a trophy. I haven't done that yet. Um, and it's a really big goal of mine. Yeah. Well, I think we have a, a pretty good chance because the, the first tournament's at our home course and it's, it's a tough one. They played yeah. nationals there last year and I mean, it showed its teeth super tough so i think uh our first tournament should be a good one yo are you are you a fan of of the layouts and the, like does it suit your eye and stuff i love it um it, i mean i was i played here for three months straight during this like summer break kind of thing okay the whole COVID thing and i, I think i've gotten grips to the golf course it's really intimidating as a freshman um playing it for the first time and qualifying but mm. i think i've gotten a handle of it that's that's epic all Best of luck for for the season ahead. But just a couple of quick fire questions um, before we let you get on with your day and watching some ANA. Um, so, who do you think is going to win a major next? Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, or Jordan Spieth, and why Jordan Spieth? I mean, I would love to say Jordan, but I don't think that's the right answer. I think no. he's got a couple of things to figure out, but I mean, Dustin's playing amazing golf. Yeah, like I watched a lot of the the playoffs and stuff, and he's playing some like he's just hitting it so solid and making a lot of putts. Yeah, I mean, out of the two, I, I want to say Rory because I like him better. Um, but Dustin's yeah. in great form at the moment. Yeah, cool. And then um, your your go to post round drink. Hmm. At home, they don't have it here. They don't have a cola tonic and Sprite. No ways. Like, I know. I oh, was like, so bleak. They don't have cola tonic here, but that was my thing at home. Like either okay. that or um, here it's probably just like a Sprite or something. Okay, cool. And if there is one college event, um, you could have as your as your first win. Which which would it be, and and why? I mean nationals. That's like a yeah. no-brainer. Yeah. Any, I mean, that's what I'm striving towards. That's what every every team wants to win, and I really want to help my team do that. But that'd be a great first win. Cool. I wouldn't mind I, if it's the one of the blessings, though. In the two weeks. Yeah, that would that would also that would be, be okay. <laughs> be quite quite cool. Um, <laughs> and finally, and and let's see if if you go with the answer you gave Golf RSA a couple of years ago, but. What what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? What's the weirdest thing I've ever eaten? I mean, I want to say like oysters or something. So 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 disgusting. Yeah. I remember we went to Nizna and that's what they're known for, and my parents like to try it, and uh, it was disgusting. But a, I can't remember either. if I said anything different in that. No, no, no. You said you said. Those exact words. Okay, good. I even I think you even pinpointed the the year, the like the time of year, which was quite, <laughs> quite impressive. Um, but, but thank you so so much for for your time. And how can people follow follow your your progress? And what's your Instagram handle? Here's the self promotion part of the podcast. <laughs> I think it's Cardinal Mystery Nineteen. Which is okay. Like that. I don't usually use anything else, but okay. 
I think if you want to follow, then the best place would be to follow Arkansas Women's Golf. That's cool. probably where everything is and all our scores and what's happening with us. Epic. And and obviously this is we're pre recording this, but guys, if you if you're in need of any um if you're in need of any podcast content and if you're keen to find out more about the next generation of South African golfing talent, um, please give us a follow on Instagram at freedrop underscore podcast and on Facebook at freedrop blog. Um, super, super cool to, you know, chat to, I mean, I'm going to be straight up about it. I'm a huge, huge fan of, of Cardinals and it, it was an absolute honor to, you know, have a chat with her for, for an hour and two minutes. I mean, if, if someone said to me even six months ago that I'd have the opportunity to chat with you, I, I would have said, no, you're talking rubbish because like, yeah, no, it, it's been a, it's been so much fun. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. You can call me anytime. hundred percent. Well, when, uh, when you're winning on the LPJ tour, we'll, we'll be sure to, and even when you're winning at college level, we'll definitely have you on the podcast again. Oh, I would love to do that. Sweet. But enjoy the ANA and we'll chat soon. Thank you. Cool. Cheers. Great.